0: the rain water
1: yes
0: two examples of our actual topic discussion on the podcast this evening now i'm here and you literally just referred to me as jow that's which right i promise everyone listening was not what my mama named me when i popped <laughs> out the womb in uh 1986 and with us this week, once again, we have Soko, which I will not say your actual name, which is <laughs> displayed in front of me at the moment, um, who is also using a moniker, I guess is the way to, to put it. We're all about names in the last two weeks. Last week, we talked about the, the art of naming your characters. And this week, we're talking about pseudonyms, the actual made-up name that artists use uh, for themselves. And I know a lot of people are probably thinking that maybe even Rainwater is a pseudonym name, but that's your actual given name. Yeah, this is my fucking last name, so... <laughs> no, yeah, no fucks given on your part. Um, But we have different reasons behind why we each have our particular nickname, pseudonym, whatever you want to... Uh, what would we want to actually... Quantify it as, or qualify it as—is it? Will we call it a pseudonym? Will we call it a pen name? Will we call it—a uh, pod uh, name? Uh, I don't know. Well, see, Jow's not really a pod name for me. It's—it's it's a nickname that grew into a brand. Right. That's kind of what happened for me. Like it, it just became like the—I don't want to say when people refer to me as Jow that it's like a gimmick or a personality, but I do level up my my intensity a little bit in terms of how far I'll take things or you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it, there's, there's a certain little amount bit of level of charisma, charisma or personality injection that goes in there just to kind of add that entertainment factor for it. And it's, you know, it's, I've had it since high school and it just keeps, that's my thing. I'm Jowl. And like, nobody else has that name. So if I make a film and I call myself, and you know, directed by Jowl or Ann Jowl, like that's mine. And yep. it's going to be very hard to confuse that with any other filmmaker. But there are other filmmakers named Andrew. I don't think there are other filmmakers with my last name. But my last name is also kind of hard to pronounce, at least according to telemarketers. So it's just easier to go with Jow. You know what I mean? Like sure. I've got that that built in. I don't know the twelve people who know me as Jow, but twelve you know twelve more than anything else. Yeah. But Soko, you use your. Well, first of all, where did Soko come from? Can I ask that?
2: Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> it actually came from a house I used to stay in, a communal house I used to stay in. And um, it, it came from my roommates, essentially. Um, they were, it was just one day, um, I saw two of them there just talking. And um, it was this house filled with a whole bunch of—I forget how many people. But it was a lot of people in this living in this house. And um, they—I just came into some sort of discussion, and they were talking about nicknames with me. And they were like, "Yeah, we've been giving—we've been thinking about some nicknames to give to people in the office. I mean, in the, in the office in the house. <laughs> yeah. And um, and we thought of a good one for you. And Um, I was like, okay, well, what is it? And they're like, SOCO. I was like, huh? Yeah, well, they said SO is for the south, being southern in this case, because you are from the south. And CO is for comfort. And SO it actually stands for southern comfort because you make people feel very comfortable when they talk with you and such. No one feels really, they don't feel uncomfortable talking to you. You just make them feel very welcomed. So we came up with Southern Comfort, and they came up with Soko, short for Southern Comfort.
0: <laughs> that's also a booze, is it not? Oh, it is, is that really it? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Okay. Well, there you go. That's where I
0: thought it was coming. I thought that's where we were going. Like, you, you just got really drunk off of Soko once, and <laughs> then it just, everybody was like, wow, that's him now. He's just 100% <laughs> made up of Soko.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> I wonder if that's. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's. Just... <laughs> oh, man, now I now, now I know the truth, the real truth. Um, um <laughs> they after So they gave alcohol. you the
0: nickname and but <laughs> I don't but drink in the end it'd be... either, So go ahead. <laughs> okay. cool. um so they gave you the nickname, but then you started you made the choice to use it, correct? When you or did you
2: is that just how rainwater knows you? Um no, I, I chose to use it. I chose to use it. Uh, yeah. Matt uh, Rainwater, Matt, knew me of another name. <laughs> My actual the, name.
0: The, so the decision that went into making that was based on what? What? Why, why did you decide to use that name? Um, uh, uh, not only just in general, generally speaking, but why that particular name did you decide to go with and not make up something else or, you know? <sighs>
2: I liked it. I thought it was kind of nice and it's funny. It sounded really funny to me. You could do Soko, something like that. So I kind of liked it. Soko Loco. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just liked it like that for that reason. Um, and then why did I start using it essentially? Yeah. Well, I didn't want to really, I mean, we've been doing this podcast to BB for a while now. Um, and we talk about, like, just because of my, uh, I mainly just, keep it to hide my identity a little bit for the work for my work stuff i just didn't want people to easily identify me or anything um that, that was mainly the reason because uh, we did talk about sometimes with uh like politics and such and um and i just was like okay well maybe I, i'm not sure i didn't want to uh <laughs> upset people in the work i do so I, that's why i i did not uh really want to um uh, reveal my actual name essentially that was kind of the reason uh, so yeah that that i mean that's that's it
0: <laughs> it's an entirely valid reason like i've been in preparation of this week's podcast i've been doing my little research and there are plenty amount of artists and i would yeah. consider you an artist because you know it, podcasting is a bit of an art um that used pen names and such uh pseudonyms simply because they were being satirical or critics or criticizing the modern government or whatever. And they sure. just didn't want the, the, f- the blowback I guess from either the government or from people who had those, you know, particular political leanings, they wanted to, you know, live their lives that way. They wanted to uh, protect family members, um, all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, you're not the first and I'm sure you won't be the last. I mean, if I wanted to get into a political thing or whatever, I would probably make up an entirely different persona simply because like and not show my face or anything, because if you Googled uh, and Jow, it probably would not be hard to, you know, after a couple of maybe two or three pages, you'd be, probably be able to track down what my given name is. And, you know, I don't have anything to hide. Sure. There's shit on the internet that I am not proud of when I was a teenager. Yeah. Don't please God, if we can ever get the Russians who control Live Journal to shut down <laughs> that page, I would be forever relieved from some of the horrendous, horrific, terrible things that I have said about people, about communities, about society, philosophy, politics, (laughs) you name it. uh, I am not the person who wrote those anymore. Um, But Uh, if I wanted uh to today, like there, there are things about like, you know, current government that I have issue with. There's things that I had issue with in the last government. And I think something we all can agree on is if you have any kind of political opinion on the internet, someone out there is going to find it and have a, an issue with it. It doesn't matter sure. which way you lean. There's going to be people who disagree with you on the internet. They're going to find you. They're going to cuss you out. And I, I would not say it's the common factor, but there are crazy people out there on every side of every political spectrum who do go too far. Um, and I think artists are some of the people who need to speak up the most. I think yeah. when it comes to, I'd agree with that, things because you know, po- not even just podcast people, but artists are, ob- i don't know the word here—observatory in nature. Is that the word I'm looking for? Rainwater, observant. yeah, observant, empirical, observant, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we've talked about this in the past about like when you're a storyteller, you have to kind of understand your antagonist just as well as your protagonist, and you can't judge them for their particular ideals, you have to kind of side with them when you're writing them or otherwise it's not going to... Right. It's not really going to resonate. Um, So it's it's very easy for me to see things, whether it's right or left or, or centrist, uh, that are wrong, that are right, and so on and so forth. So if I wanted to voice an opinion, though, here's where the problem lies. Uh, I may have built up a fan base on the right-wingers and then all of a sudden... I, I voice, you know, some kind of dissent against that from an observatory sure. thing, and they all take issue with it. And then suddenly, as an artist, my support system of, like, a fan base will turn against you. And I guess uh, we're, we're, there's no way avoiding <laughs> this topic with this, but you get canceled, right? right? Isn't that the, that's kind of the thing that'll happen these days. Like, everything is unforgivable suddenly. Um, so I'm curious to know your guys' thoughts uh, and Rainwater, we could start with you, but right. do you think that it's more powerful for an artist to stand on their own name, kind of like you do, um, when they have an observation? Or do you think the it's more important to kind of protect, I don't want to say the bank account, but your sure. your livelihood, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the safety of your family, your own yeah. personal safety, your financial safety, all that kind of stuff, What or or is the greater good of progressing society – you know cuz if you have a giant fan base you have a platform to reach more people than if you made up a new thing and had to rebuild a right. following so right. i'm curious to know what your thoughts are about what what do you think an artist should
1: I, do. I mean it worked out all right for prince when he changed gears you know like even i mean he <laughs> took like one he took a road that was like really odd too because everybody was like what the fuck is this symbol the artist formerly known as prince like what are we supposed to do with this Worked out anyway for his career, but I mean, I, once again, that's that's an artist who at that point was so entrenched that there was nobody was surprised to find out that he changed his name. Well, they were just surprised what he changed his name to. You, what's up, Soka?
2: Uh, you know, that's actually a whole... He's actually much... Uh, people don't realize there's actually a lot of... Um, he's actually being very clever because he had a contract with uh, a studio's, and um, I forget because there's a time where Prince actually I mean he made a contract to write so many albums mm-hmm. um and I think the studios wanted one way and he had he agreed to make so many albums for them and there's a time of year where he just made a whole bunch of junk albums in order to <laughs> uh to uh to just appease uh, that contract yeah. but then there was a point where he couldn't really use his name for a while either or something like that uh, um so he he found some kind of all right he couldn't use his name or he just found a clever way to kind of use his name so he could, you know, do concerts and right. still make his uh the art that he wanted to make. Right. It uh, was
0: it was a big middle finger to them. Yeah. Because and when you write up a contract, they will state, you know, your name and then like in parentheses right after it they'll say, um, hereby wherewithin known referred to as the artist. And then mm-hmm. when the contract continues it'll say, you know, the artist will perform 12 venues at, at this many times for this long, the artist will not get green M&Ms in their room or whatever like that. So he, he took that whole stripping of identity that comes from contracts and made an identity of it, which was kind of brilliant. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: And I mean, it comes back to our old, our old hat about the signature, you know, like you have all of, all of your work kind of gets pinned to a name. So it's like, if I, if I changed my name, right, I would have to start over on some level because everything that I've done to this point has been associated with uh, with my name, with just Matt Rainwater. Or maybe even more specifically, maybe people just remember my, my last name. You know, That's not something that I'm not, I'm not really fully conscious of. Right. I don't really understand entirely how people relate to my name in regards to my work right now um i just know that people will refer to me on comment boards you know for the comics but that's it right that's nobody's like uh nobody's like you know making connections and other things that i've done but regardless point being for me like uh using my actual name has just been convenience <laughs> i mean i would use like i would use like um like a stage name, a performance name, a pseudonym, if I felt like it was going to be more effective. Because, I mean, there are tons of artists who, like, change their name not because their, uh, you know, their their given name was so malfunctional. It's just, like, their stage name provided better, like, leverage with audience in in the sense of, like, going back to last week's episode, right, talking about, like, um what makes a name attractive how does it sound good all that stuff like elton john like that's reginald dwight originally but he became elton john because he wanted to have like a stage name something that pops more than reginald dwight and that's often the case for a lot of musicians you know i mean that's going back to prince same with prince but what were you gonna say yeah yeah
0: Tom, tom cruise was not named tom cruise like cruise is just a name that you know kind of evokes that kind of actiony hero right you know what i mean like right thriller type something you know yeah something fun and uh they went with it i'm pretty sure brad pitt is not his actual name <laughs> either uh it might be i might be wrong though. yeah right um but do you do you think it's more important for an artist to use their voice um and their platform for Uh, progression in whatever form it may be or do you think that it's more important for the artist to be a little more self sustaining
1: Uh, I mean my personal viewpoint is I kind (laughs) of I kind of don't care whatever it is that they find most uh, important to them you know like for me it's like I'm interested in terms of my platform I'm interested in just getting what's going on in my head out you know and i i think that i have a lot of interesting thoughts and ideas that are better out in the world but that doesn't necessarily mean that i think that they're
0: going to progress society
1: i have no fucking clue i don't know what progresses society at this point like
0: it does take a certain level of hubris to think that you can sway the masses with yeah. your uh, political idea or whatever ideologies you may have and sharing them online suddenly everyone's going to go well this guy who makes comic books said it, so I should do it. Right. T- you know what I
1: mean? like, <laughs> The other, the other part of that is like a lot of that thinking also like really led to really bad mental health on my part because I was like mm. setting myself for setting myself up for expectations that didn't make any sense for what I was doing. Like, and I think part of that for me was just like reading other artists whose lives impacted me really heavily. And then I kind of project that onto the work that I'm doing. Like, oh, I'm going to inspire somebody in the same way that these other artists inspired me. But, like, there's no telling how people will respond to the stuff that you make. It's not something that you have you have control over at all. So, like, on that level, like, I have to really... Um, I have to really unpin myself from the idea of, like, my identity needs to be this big thing. Like, yeah. my name is useful in so far as it tags a little like a little signature to my work so that people can identify me you know they can
0: identify your work and yeah. it has it, other than that it has basically nothing to do with you
1: yeah and and, and that's and that's kind of my feelings about celebrity too you know cuz like i think that's another that might be i'm getting a little theoretical here but like that might be another reason why um a lot of artists will adopt pen names is to sort of disconnect their original identity once they get into sort of like celebrity because celebrity is like this whole other like thing right yeah like it's a whole other thing where your identity suddenly is uh transformed beyond just like normal everyday life And so I'm sure for people who go through that event, like the more that I look at celebrity, the more it seems more like a curse than a blessing for most people because of what it. While it does bring like you know riches and fame, it also brings so it brings more
0: attention than any human can like. Go ahead, Joe. It's a one-sided phone call. Yeah, (laughs) where the audience gets a connection with the celebrity. Like they feel like you're friends mm-hmm. and the celebrity is getting none of that. They're seeing their bank account grow and, you know, their agents are telling them all these people are crazy, but you know, it's like going to a party and everybody, you know, if you're the most famous person there, everybody's like, Oh, that's Matt Rainwater. That's Matt Rainwater. <laughs> you meet 12 people. You're going to remember three of their names. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. it's impossible for somebody to keep up with that kind of thing. And then it, it, you know, it, Again, it attracts crazy people. Um, yeah,
1: exact That's so, that's definitely a big part of it. But go on, Joe.
0: So Soko, I was going to ask you. You know, you already said basically it's kind of to protect your personal life from kind of getting interfered with because
2: of your job position, right? Yeah, that that's that's essentially what it comes down to. Uh, I mean, sometimes the views and to say. Um, I mean, sometimes my views might upset people, or so, and I just don't want to really deal with it. Um, I, I I get kind of tired of um, you know uh, the um, political spectrum a bit. That that if you are, for example, if you're left leaning, you need to be having these views. If you're right leaning, you need to have these views. And I, I get kind of I hate that kind of nonsense. Uh, I think every individual should be thinking on their own. They can take ideas from wherever spectrum it may be, and come to their own uh, perspective that doesn't have to necessarily be all left or all right or whatever it may be um i always find that just kind of ridiculous thinking however um even like in the fields that i work i do there are tend to be a pe- bit, bit more people who are a bit more left-leaning or a bit more liberal of some sort um and not to say i have like right-leaning views that's not the case but um uh sometimes my viewpoints might be problematic of some sort for some people even though they're just they're just viewpoints, um, and I always think it's. And I'll have to say this, Joe. You, you were mentioning this earlier about like problematic views from Live journal and stuff like nature, <laughs> um, but you know the thing is is like I think it's a good thing to at least express your views. Um, because you won't know if, for example, they're problematic until you express them and start hearing about how people are reacting. And I say problematic, or you won't be able to even educate yourself until those views are out there um, to see they get challenged and everything. Um, Because I think it's always good to be able to kind of express yourself um, and then be challenged on that too. And they can even maybe even get you some new ideas as well. Uh, I, I do think there's a problem within our culture right now where people are not allowing for people to talk openly. And what's happening is that we're getting these where people are basically, uh, I don't know what's the best word to say, but they're kind of freezing up to whereas they're not even willing to welcome any other views at all anymore. Um, it's, it's kind of not, I've heard this in the, in the university settings, it's a very much a problem right now for professors, whereas they can't even use the, I mean, the university system is, or the idea of university is where people can, Uh, widen their knowledge Uh, but the problem is is that a lot of students um, are not allowing other well sometimes they're not even allowing the professors to even express viewpoints Um, and sometimes they're not allowing other students to express viewpoints as well too Uh, not even getting into the perspective that everyone comes from a different background and have different experiences um and especially for those coming from more of a very rural community, whereas they may have not had as much exposure to other cultures or anything like that, and now they're finally getting into a university system, and they're they're getting challenged a lot of the time with different viewpoints. And unfortunately, sometimes there are the people who have been in a more diverse environment um, are not even realizing that, hey, there are communities out there that don't necessarily have exposure to some things. And it's good to hear from them as well, too. And you might not even even heard some of those viewpoints. Um, But what's happening is people are being deterred from even expressing anything and no real knowledge is being built. Um, So and I don't know how long this is going to be like this in our culture (laughs) right
0: now. Well, it's weird because (laughs) something that you were kind of talking about was like even I'm not not even going to say like left or right, but in, in a particular Whichever way you lean, so say mm-hmm. you lean right, you might have a particular ideal about a, um, a political issue or whatever that is falls right in line with right-wing mentality. But then there's somebody who has a different viewpoint on it that's still right right-leaning but maybe farther right or maybe it goes a little bit left. And they take issue within the right wing. So you'll have two right wing people arguing about the same thing that they kind of agree on, but they're still fighting over the fact of how they approach it, whether it's slightly, de- you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I want the green M&Ms. No, the blue ones have the better. The, the, like, It's like the stupidity of like that. It's a weird thing that people will fight no matter where they are. So it's almost like it doesn't matter if you're right or left. It, You know what I mean? There yeah. are people who are, especially online, I mean... Uh, that are just looking for the fight. And that to me has been what's been really problematic. But to throw a weird thing out there, and I'm not the first artist to say this. I think Kurt Russell has made mention of this before. I think Matt Damon, maybe, Um, and possibly even um, Daniel Day-Lewis. But I personally, having been left, having been right, I've... I'm like a fucking pendulum. I have swung <laughs> both sides of the political spectrum in my life, um, and I—it's weird because I picked up certain traits on one side, certain traits on the other, and sure. then kind of settled in the middle. Sometimes I'll go this way. sometimes it depends on what day it is of the week. Um, but the weird thing is—is is I will no longer voice where I'm statured or when I'm where I'm sitting on a online forum or whatever for two reasons. Number one. It may not be that way tomorrow because I I am a person who's very open-minded in terms of discussion. When I enter into a discussion with someone about something that I disagree with, I don't go in with the mentality of, hey, I need to convince this person that I'm going to win. I go in more so with the idea of I want to hear the experience or the alternate point of view. And I'm trying not to escalate emotions into it or make it personal or shit like that because I like to. I like to kind of get that different point of view and kind yep. of consider things differently and stuff. As an artist, that's fucking food for me. Like, that's how I that's how I can come up with a better story idea or a better character yeah. or whatever. But then on top of that, I don't want to voice something because I don't want people reading into my work something that may not be there or it might turn off an audience in a way that's like, you know what I mean? Like, if I said something about... um abortion and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden i've got you know something with a pregnant woman or a kid getting killed or something like that automatically people are going to start thinking oh this is his opinion on abortion he's personifying it through this story thing or whatever where in actuality it was just a story point that we thought it'd be really cool to kill the kid this way and then we had a pro- problem on set where we couldn't get the camera to go this way so we had to put it over here and then all of a sudden, you know what i mean like yeah. suddenly saying that on an online forum has now skewed the way in which the audience will see my work so to me that's the biggest hang-up is i don't want to influence my audience i want them to experience it's almost like spoilers i don't want them to be to be swayed about what maybe i actually was trying to put into that scene i want them to see it and interpret it for them for themselves and if they grow the way that I was you know, trying to puppet master them as an artist does, <laughs> then great. But if, they, you know what I mean? But if yeah. they pull something out of it, then also as an artist, I get to see that and I get to go, wow, maybe subconsciously I did that. Or, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. can start learning about myself, but if I start, you know, James Wooding it, on the fucking Twitter, then everybody's gonna <laughs> everybody's gonna look at it and go, "Oh, he's just a fucking asshole." Blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I'm not gonna get anything out of you. like
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's the thing about I don't know, like I I guess because of the kind of person that I am, when I have like an artist or a writer uh, or a thinker or whoever who I'm really into, I will go like whole ham into like learning about their life, learning about like all the particularities of them in every well, single time. What are you going to say, Sogo?
2: Oh, that's how I am. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, same here. I, yeah. I, I will constantly Google,
0: you know, Matt Damon, Republican or Democrat. <laughs> just kind of but trying
1: to... Every single time I I see like this person goes through, they go through a lifetime, right? They change. Mm. Like they go, they have. Like, one of my favorite writers is uh, Robert Anton Wilson, and he's very explicitly conscious about this when he's when he's writing, when he's writing forwards to his books in newer editions. He will start off a lot of books with just like, yeah, when I wrote this, it was in 1970, and I'm a very different person now, and I have very different views. Like, I was more right-wing here and more like, I like libertarian. Now I'm more anarchistic and more like I'm more influenced by Buddhism. And like the reality is, is most people live that life. And I think something that's really, unfortunately something that I think that's missing at this moment, especially in like an online discourse is this idea that people change over time. And I, something that, that lends itself to this notion. I think that, that people don't see that changing, you know, that part arcs, of people, yeah, part what yeah. influences that actually, I think is sort of fixation on the avatar, you know, on the, like the little circle image and their name next to it. And mm. like, I have a lot of appreciation for people who do change, you know, change their names in Twitter, right. Where it's <laughs> like, like Jal, like your, yours changes fairly regularly. And I think that says a lot about, who you are as a personality that you go through a lot of changes you go through, not necessarily, not always necessarily changes in stance, but just like what your interests are in the moment or like, sure. I know when Halloween comes up, you're going to have a totally different fucking thing. You know? <laughs> like, uh, and so I, I, think what's, I think what I would add to that too is one last thing and something that I think that is kind of newer to the digital age is that uh, like a pseudonym or like, uh, you know, your signature now isn't just a word or a set of words. It's also an image accompanied with a set of words. So like, you know, like right now, if anybody goes on Twitter, they see my name and then an image of like a monocled dragon beast with like wa- a walleye <laughs> walleye <laughs> monocled dragon beast. And that's like, just for me, like I, I picked that picture for my Twitter profile because it suited me in terms of how I feel like when I'm writing on Twitter, which is always a little bit deranged because I feel like Twitter is a deranged place. Oh, it is. And so <laughs> I, I picked, I picked an avatar that would fit that feeling. And um, I'm curious for you. I mean, Soko, I know like you don't necessarily do a whole lot of social media, but I don't know if you had any thoughts in regards to to that sort of bad existence, basically. Well, I, I mean, social
2: media is a big lie. I, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fake. <laughs> no, it is. I know, it's funny. You know, you find out so many, um, I mean, I haven't been going on Twitter as much, even though that's probably my favorite of all the social media outlets. I usually use that as to help me get a lot of different perspectives and different, um, and information. It's good for that, honestly. Sure. Um, now, whether or not some of that information is accurate, that's another core story. Yeah. That's another thing. But um the thing is, I, I know it's a it's a lot of it's a big lie. Uh people on there are very um some I know some people have been caught up in a whole bunch of uh I can think of some bit more left-leaning uh personas on there um uh, that have been caught in a whole bunch of scandals. They come off as Somebody mm-hmm. off Twitter as uh, like this uh, social justice um, hero of some sort, not yeah. warrior, as it has a bad connotation to it, but <laughs> social justice hero. Um, they're really there for the, the little guy. Um, they're trying to push out this socialist <laughs> utopia out or whatever it may be. But then it turns out they're the scummiest of people of the world and people find out. Um, but the thing is, people are just kind of shocked uh, because they associated so much with their persona off of the social media outlet. That's how they viewed this person. That's how they saw that person. It's like a catfish uh, scenario. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, I can think of this. There was this oh, – I forgot his name actually. but He was a medical doctor and um, he uh, – He actually was, um, well, he was always talking about, uh, I guess, something with dealing with women's rights and stuff of that nature. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But then it turns out he was like a a real, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, Creep? Yeah, that's it. That's that's (laughs) a creep, essentially, because there are some people who who met him in real life, and he really just, a a couple of women, who, and they were kind of shocked on how uh, he acted essentially towards them uh, basically like pulling a whole bunch of moves on them and some, which they weren't expecting or whatever. Um, cause they were just more uh, with his, like they just liked the fact that, you know, he brought up awareness about certain issues and such, but they weren't expecting that whatsoever. It's so, weird
0: because that's a, it's a very predatory thing. That's what happens a lot of times. Like you look at the, the whole, like, you know, the Catholic priest scandal and all that stuff. Like, people will use that kind of you know the sheep's clothing uh, to, to hide so that they can operate undetected. So I mean it, it, that's kind of one of the cons about using a pen name is you know you you might be I don't know what I mean it, it's very it can be very misleading. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? like yeah. it, it, there, there is a ethical question as to ask of whether or not what you're doing is actually right. Uh, You know, I've had times in the past when I I used a pen name uh, for um, film festival type stuff because I had suspicions that, you know, my ego had gotten out of hand where I was like, "Eh, I think I got turned away from this because I have a white sounding name um, or a male name or, you know what I mean, or something like that. So I would try and submit work to the other festivals under different names and just to see what would happen. So, you know, whether or not that was pure intention or not, that was, that's debatable because I will say that, you know, very similar work that was submitted under a different name, got further in competitions than it had before. Mm -hmm. Oh. Um, And then other times, same, same outcome, same, same festival was like, uh, nope, not what we're looking for, not even considered or anything like that. So whether or not what I did was ethical or not, can be debated till the cows come home. Um, but where I stand with it was is that it was a temporary means for me to kind of understand if maybe the festival was kind of sketchy because at the end of the day, there's just people. You know what I mean? Like you can be credentialed out the ass, but in the end of the day, you're still a human being yeah. with prejudices and biases, whether you're conscious of them or not. And in some instances, I found places where there weren't checks. To kind of, you know, oversee to make sure that that wasn't affecting the outcomes. And in other cases, it was pretty much, you know, well handled. Um, But you do see that people will use pseudonyms and stuff like that to sinister means. Um, But I'm curious about another aspect of using a pseudonym, which a lot of people don't really think about, but it's actually kind of prevalent in the filmmaking uh, world, rainwater. You might have to weigh in a little bit more on this. I don't know if it is in in your world or not, but um, when an artist actually disowns their work, oh, they will release it sometimes under a pseudonym. So I, I, I'm pretty sure everybody knows uh, oh yeah, the yeah, 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 pseudonym name of Alan Smithy, right? At this point, but when a director either isn't happy with the creative outcome of what they made for their work or uh, they feel like the studio meddled too yeah. much. They can disown it. For example, um, there are some people who are against censorship, right? So they don't like uh, when, you know, their R-rated movie gets edited for television and like the violence and the cursing or whatever, sexual situations get trimmed and cut out or whatever. Yep. Um, and they'll have Alan Smithy just for the television cut. And it's them disowning their work. So I'm curious to know from both of you, especially you, Soko, since I don't know if this is really in your Mm -hmm. wheelhouse, but um, should an artist have to stand by their work no matter what gets done to it? Or do they have a right to kind of disown their child? What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, I would say... For
1: me personally, the person that, I can, that comes to mind most prevalently is Alan Moore, who has disowned. We're
0: going to go there. <laughs> he's more work
1: than any artist that I've, I've ever heard of, because he's he is one of those characters who's just like adamantly about um, the liberty of his own expression and having ownership of his work. And so he's, as far as I'm aware, he's disowned a lot of work that he did with DC and. Uh, like Watchmen, he doesn't want to have anything to do with at this point. Uh, I remember like, I want to say it's the, the Zack Snyder Watchmen movie. I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure that one, he, he's credited as Alan Smithy. I know we could leave an extraordinary gentleman. He's credited as Alan Smithy. Um, he has been notoriously like never wants to be associated with the movies based off of his books. He just never wants it to happen. It happens anyway through some, you know, executive producer finagling or whatever. And so he tries to do everything he can to just, you know, disconnect himself completely from, uh, so Alan Smithy has done a lot of, has done a a lot of work. work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's why he ended up doing more and more independent stuff as he got older at this point, like he's just disowned comics completely and who knows, you know where that goes. But, uh, nevertheless, like, yeah, he's the one who comes to my, to my mind most immediately. Um, another example would be, um, the 1984 version of Dune that David Lynch directed, but turns out Alan Smithy directed it instead. And that had to do with, as far as I'm aware, just, I don't think David Lynch liked
0: the the whole production from top to bottom. He yeah, did. that was the studio meddling and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, I don't
1: think he liked the book either, quite frankly, because the, <laughs> the stuff that he ended up changing was like kind of kind of a big deal in some respects. And as far as I'm aware, he just didn't like the space kung fu aspects of Dune and some of the other stuff. So, um, but yeah, those are the two that come to my mind. How about you, Soko? Uh,
2: hmm. I don't really much have. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you call me an artist. I'm, I, I I'm not an podcast, artist. When you podcast, you are an artist in that in that sense. But like, it, I, I'm curious.
0: You know, Soko, if you want to handle the, the the other half of the question, which is, you know, should an artist have that right to disown their work, uh, or should they have to have their name stand by it? Because I mean, as Rainwater was talking before, we're kind of denied these days that being able to research that character arc of an artist from when they were like something to something else so like yep. if an artist disowns a film because a studio meddled in it and you know they make it harder for people to track down that it was them that was doing it then how do you contrast and compare when they reach that auteur status where they can just do whatever the fuck they want in a movie and it's like wow that is you know that is uh, a Tim Burton movie look at him just <laughs> he does whatever the fuck he wants but then you go back and you look at like some of his early work and you're like that is not Tim Burton's style at all that must have been a studio thing like it makes it harder to compare, you know compare those things and kind of really figure out who an artist may be do you think that they should have to stand by you know what I mean like what they say and I, I asked this ironically to someone who is you know disassociating their personal life from their their <laughs> views you know what i'm saying like it,
2: it, do you, what do you think uh no i think you should stand by i think look anybody can change their viewpoints over time i'm going to go back to the words like viewpoints here you're talking about works I'm talking of about art style or creative works but yeah, yeah it's all the same um i i think and we will just uh for me like you can have a viewpoint and if somebody wants to question about a past viewpoint you have, let them go ahead and you can you should you should be able to, you know respond to that. Um, uh, I don't think that's any issue. I guess we can apply that also then to artwork as well too. Um, whether it be film, whether it be a writing, uh, like a novel, whether it be a painting or um, any other type of work, graphic novel, whatever it may be um i mean an artist can if they it they can choose to be like well look i i had that work i did a this, i don't even really want to associate myself with it anymore um i may have produced it uh now that i think on it it was problematic or it just doesn't agree with my style now um i think they, they should be able to say that and do that because people do have i think and you know people have the right to change okay um and I, I, I you get sick of that idea that people don't give people that liberty to do so. Right. So.
1: I think well, and part of what has really caused a lot of hangup in terms of you know that whole giving people the ability to redeem themselves or giving people the ability to change their their viewpoints and all that stuff is. The usually the immediate reaction is they either don't believe the apology or they don't believe that the person's changed who they are or their views.
0: So it's usually like it's because they just got caught, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, true. they don't just they didn't out themselves. It was yeah. someone else who unearthed yeah. the the deed.
2: And, and I'll tell you this. My problem is also since I just get an idea and I just say it and I'm like, oh, I didn't even really think about it. I just said it. Um, and then I have to go to journal. <laughs>
1: and that's, that's the thing is like on social media, everybody likes to be the hunter, but nobody likes to be the hunted. So it's like at a certain point you sort of have to recognize like the dynamic that's going on. Right. And I don't, I mean, I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting that behavior to change anytime soon because, uh, on a very cynical level, I feel like that's the game that powers um social media to exist and gives it gives it the revenue in order for it to continue doing what it's doing and um you know without that game of people like going around trying to find trying to find the catch the fox you know whoever the fox is at any given moment in time um
0: spoiler alert it's all of us yeah right
2: <laughs> everyone's <trying laughs> Everyone, including
0: I, the including the person doing the hunting little do they know they're chasing their own tail <laughs> yeah
2: you, know, you know I was just gonna say something like m- many people who say these like they, they're the hunting aspect because um like they want to be the hunter um because well they want to get a following they want to get generally I okay I can be a little cynical here because I, I generally think of like oh people are just they just want their personal freedom. Basically, they want a living, whereas they can do kind of do what they kind of like, um, and uh, they'll say something in order to kind of get that. If they see it as, hey, this is where I can get maybe something – maybe I can get some sort of uh, some sort of freedom from the dullness of my life that I really hate, um, working a job I hate or dislike. Actually, I was thinking about that today um, or the other day, actually. Um, that kind of sucks. I know there's a lot of people who work jobs that that they don't necessarily agree with it, but they have to do it, okay, with some Mm. decisions and such. And and they also behave a certain way, even though they don't want to behave that way, uh, but they have to because they want to make a living. They want to be able to get something or financially be financially fine. And I was just like, yeah, you know, it sucks. This is, I think, one of the problems with our, uh, with this kind of bit more capitalist society, Um, whereas people don't have any social network or whatever, whereas they can't just walk away. Um, I think for a lot of people, if they were able to be like, hey, if I can walk away, I'll walk away. But most people are not able to do that.
0: Which, oddly enough, we are kind of seeing that right now with the whole pandemic and the unemployment benefits thing. You're seeing a lot of people who, right, who are, like, you, you see the signs outside of businesses where people are like, oh, nobody wants to work and blah, 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 and it's like, no one really wanted to work at the deli counter at stop and shop (laughs) for, for minimum wage to begin with, bro. Like if you were really into butchery, like, you know, cutting up meat and stuff like that. Sure. That's a good way in or whatever, but people want to make a decent wage and they want to be able to do what they love without having, you know, to follow corporate rules and all this kind of, you know what I mean? Like you really do see people that are kind of, not I wouldn't I would never call the, these people lazy, but I'm definitely saying that they they are doing what they have to do because they're trying to keep a roof over their heads. They're trying yep. to, you know, keep the food on the table and take care of their families and pay their bills and so on and so forth. But um, you see a lot of that right now. And, you know, once everything is settled, knock on woods, um, you know, people will return to where they got to go and they have got to do what they got to do. But oddly enough, like the society thing is not going to change where that expectation of, oh, you work at a butchery. Like, I'm not I'm pretty sure most vegans don't work at the deli counter. Right. Like, it, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, right. But that doesn't mean that the guy that's slicing your bologna, um, it, you know, is in favor of caging the chickens. Yeah. Yeah. Necessary, You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's that weird thing, and that's why we have things like the First Amendment, right? Like the freedom of speech. The government is not supposed to be able to limit what you say or um, who you're talking about, so on and so forth. Uh, but then society doesn't give a fuck about that. Yeah, exactly. That. So all you need is a Twitter campaign for you to lose your job and... You know what or to I mean? gain like, a
2: new job, become a social media star.
0: That's <laughs> very true. Uh, and, I, you know, but that swings, you know, so many ways, too. Like, you see people who are victims of tragedies, and suddenly they try and turn it in so that they can become like a D list celebrity. And it's like, no, sit back down. Somebody shot at you. That doesn't necessarily mean. You're fully educated on a particular topic or, you know, that, like yep. somebody marched by your house. That doesn't mean that you get to be the authoritative person on gun rights or, you know, that, like it's weird to see how people will do that. But then, again, society reacts and there's really no rules. That's the problem, I think, overall, is there's no rules for society. And you yep. even if there are, in 10 minutes, they change. Absolutely. That's, that's Absolutely. the biggest thing, which is one of the oddly enough, I'm going to get creative right here. Um, I always thought, because he's one of the rare characters in superhero history who, quote unquote, pretty much lived quite a few lifetimes, um, that that's what made Wolverine one of the most interesting superheroes ever, is that he has this whole backstory, you know, he's like in medieval times and this and that and all that kind of stuff, doesn't know how old he is in one circumstance where you're like a bloodthirsty warrior, you're like a hero. You're a God to the people who you fought for and this and that. And then if you bring him into 2020 where he's, if he still had that kind of mindset, yeah, like he's a crazy person. Right. And they've never really tackled that kind of approach to it. But that to me is a very interesting way to look at that particular character. Because- yeah. I like
1: that. I like that idea a lot. I'm surprised that I haven't, no, I've never seen that covered in, like, a Wolverine-type story. Because that, that, that really Call does... Me. Call me, <laughs> Disney.
2: That I really got does, ideas. Uh, <laughs> that does say,
1: like, the thing that is probably... Going back to your original point, like, society doesn't really have roles. It has what is the current mode, and then it switches modes based on whatever, you know? Yep. It's 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 seemingly arbitrary at times. And, it's uh, constantly
0: – it's fluid. It's You know yes. what I mean? Like it's constantly yeah. in flux. And the the problem that I think I have at the very least is that sometimes it's changed just to be changed so that someone can say I'm the one that changed it as opposed to this is what's better for all of us. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's kind of what Soko was talking about earlier, which was oh, like no. – Sorry. People are just trying to. It's it's a capitalistic kind of mindset where it's like I want to be the the person who leads this, and that yep. will lead me to fame and fortune, and you know a following and this and that. And then it's odd. It's odd that some people are very anti-capitalistic, and deep down, that's kind of what they're doing in a non-monetary way. Oh if yeah, that makes
1: any it's, sense. It's the same mechanic, just from a different angle.
0: It's the same mechanic
1: right. of accruing some kind of. Some kind of thing. I was gonna say capital. We could say capital. So people like Profit. to say social capital instead of just like okay. fiscal or monetary capital. But the yeah. same idea of like you're building influence, you're building repertoire, you're building the things that allow you to have greater degrees of greater degrees of freedom. And usually that means in relation to somebody else, right? Like mm. it's very difficult to acquire more freedom without it also impacting people around you and that's the thing that that's the thing that's often like what leads to the most resentment that we end up seeing on social media that's oftentimes the thing that leads to like you know the most conflict basically um so anyway soko do you have any other thoughts in regards to that uh
2: in regards to what again exactly
1: oh (laughs) just like how I guess going on what I was saying, like so much of because society's changed in this way where it's not just like money that is like a form of influence currency. now. Yeah, sure. currency. Yeah, it's um, now like a social standing or like the the reach of your words, basically.
2: Yeah, that that. I mean, it. it I think it's. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's something that's become such a. I mean, people like it. It's it's a way to get to some sort of celebrity status, to be known by others. Um, and yeah, I, I would say so. It's kind of a I, weird culture, honestly. I
0: think I think it's twofold. Personally, I think it's it's partial. Not even just wanting to be celebrity. I think it, mm. I think it's a little bit deeper than that. And this is a podcast that I've been wanting to do for a while. We're not doing it all tonight. But um, <laughs> I honestly, I, I think it comes down to a depression thing where people want to feel like they have some kind of significance in this very loud, noisy world. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah you know that... what I'm saying? Like oh. people want to feel like they have worth. That...
2: Uh, especially. That and I was gonna say no. That, that's just probably just the way we're always a, a lot of us are thought that we're special.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh yeah, and
0: and there's a amount of there's an amount of ego that's tied to that. You know what I mean? Where people think that they can do no wrong, and every thought that yeah crosses through their brain is perfect. Um Rainwater, what was the original question? Because I had a second angle that I was looking at it from. And <laughs> oh no, I've, I've lost it. Completely forgotten it. Shit. I was going to
1: add one more comment, which is this, which is that the concept of celebrity has, I think, in a lot of ways, changed fundamentally now in our day and age, though. Because you look at a celebrity like Elvis Presley, right? Like, that was somebody whose outreach was gigantic. And we don't mm. see that in the same way nowadays. Like, the celebrities of now, they're big, but they're starting to get more and more fragmented, more and more segmented because the way that social media kind of like parses out everybody, it's always about more and more and more niche subcommunities, so that you can, you know, have more and more fine tuned pages for everybody. So like right. somebody who is a celebrity for, you know, uh, a Dungeons and Dragons type in group group, I'm not going to know anything about these celebrities, but so, you know, I'll have a conversation with somebody like I, I have a friend who uh, does a lot of stuff in magic, the gathering, and he sometimes will name drop people that he knows in the community. And I'm like, I have, I don't know who you're talking about. Cause I just don't play magic, the gathering anymore. Like I'm totally disconnected from the yeah. community. And like, it's because I don't watch the YouTube videos. I don't do the Twitch streams. I don't like play the game. So it's like, Unless you're in that sub-community, celebrity, like the concept of celebrity totally is uh, totally is different from what we used to have previously where it was like the Beatles, right? Like, even if you didn't like the Beatles, you knew who the Beatles were. Nowadays, it's like, in order for you to know who somebody is, they have to be like, you know, wildly huge in a way that is like, like nowadays it has to be fundamentally
0: like... You know, you have to have like a cross-platform type yes. thing. You can't just be in one particular genre. Because like, there's YouTubers who are like have like literally maybe millions, if not hundreds of millions of oh, followers. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is. Like, yeah, you know, I'm watching the cooking guy over here who got yeah. three million views a video, and I'm like, he's a big deal to me, but you know it's uh, some other people like i'm just like
1: who is this i don't even know who this yeah. is and he's got like a hundred like hundreds of millions of people who watch him. like i don't know like yeah <laughs> uh
2: it, it's... it's oh i was gonna get oh no i was just about to say like uh yeah the early aughts that's when things really started changing i would say with the coming of like facebook and youtube essentially uh, which was probably around oh five, right? If I'm not mistaken, that was this is where when you started. I mean, internet caused caused to change, but I, I would say it really just started picking up around that time, probably. Um, especially when you're making the internet much more easier to produce content and to disperse information faster as well, too. Um, uh, it's, I mean, it's it's certainly a wild time with so many people. Like you're talking, like. There's people out there who have a like I, there's just like 19 year olds who have like two three million people that that know them, and I have no idea who the <laughs> hell
0: they are. <laughs> um, yeah, there's people on Twitter that I'm quote unquote good friends with, and I could not tell you their their real first name right now. <laughs> it's it's very weird in terms of that uh thing. Um, oh yeah, we I just on, remember oh,
2: Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. We keep on actually kind of. Going back to the, the actual name stuff, like which is what you're doing right now. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I actually figured out what my
0: second point was going to be to Rainwater's original question. Um, and I'm very curious to know what your guys' responses to this. And immediately I know one of you is going to bring up fucking Dogecoin, which is on the move again. Um, <laughs> but it's odd to me that uh, the reason why people are trying to – scramble for that social stature or stature Mm -hmm. like that that place in the sun um beyond combating their own self-worth i guess um do you think there is a subconscious part within all of us that kind of knows the idea of financial worth is diminishing (laughs) <laughs> like you talk about you talk about the idea of the dollar being currency but then we're talking about social currency and like stature and stuff like that. Yep. Is there an innate thing within humanity now where we're all subconsciously realizing that money isn't shit. It's like ma- it's made up basically just like social media yep. and the idea cuz you know in truth be told like in my mind machines are replacing all of the jobs. Where the fuck is, you know, where are people going to go eventually? the idea of, um, uh, what is it called, UBI? Yeah, universal, universal basic, basic income. income. Universal yeah. basic income is yeah. inevitable because if the machines take over doing literally everything, which I'm scared to even consider the idea that they'll be doing our art. But, sure. But um, well. if they do, <laughs> then, then what becomes the currency, right? It becomes the idea of how many people follow me? How many people can I not employ, but how many people can I bend to my will to do things like you, it used to be however much money I had could buy me things could, you know, hire people to do this. But now it's become an idea of, you know, like the idealism is currency or the stature is the currency. Yeah. And that's kind of where people are. I don't know if it's a subconscious thing or if maybe people are just far ahead of me on it, but it's the idea that if I can get to the top of the Twitter people, like if I can be verified, that no. means that, you know, when the fucking apocalypse comes, I have less of a chance of being one of the people killed first. Cause I have <laughs> 60 million followers. You know at least 12 of them will be willing to die for me. If something happens like someone, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, do you think that might be behind some of that? And that's why people maybe, uh, and going back to our main topic, you know, they kind of use like, a pseudonym as almost like how I use it, like branding. Like it's easier, mm-hmm. like how the rainwater talked about, you know, you can create a character who creates emotion. So if you make a name, fucking Benjamin Franklin, silence, do good. Like that's a fucking branded name with yeah. a subtext built into it. You know what I mean? To yeah. kind of evoke an emotion or, you know, some kind of like a subtextual message. Do you think that that's kind of what people are doing innately? Soko, you, it looked like you had a thought. I know no. I'm going deep in the river on this one, <laughs> but fuck it.
2: No, I mean, I, I don't think people are making it to, for survival purposes, if I, if I may, I'm not sure if I understood correctly, but um, but uh, certainly I uh, I do think, and uh, I mean, I, I thought it was kind of interesting the point you said about, like, well, are people more realizing the how how uh, how well I guess how fake money really is the value of it really is Mm -hmm. Um, maybe on that point maybe we're going to see more people kind of realize that it it is a bit more uh, about what you believe it to be Uh, there's not necessarily in something innate in its value Uh, uh, maybe some people might come out of that more I don't know I mean, we'll see more people like that. Um, I mean, economists already know that. (laughs) It doesn't really have any necessarily innate value of any sort. It's what we put into it, um, our faith into it. Um, But – or they should know that anyway. Economists should know that anyway. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But uh, other things as to – whether people are like creating these pseudonyms for, I don't know, some type of future God knows what. I don't know what for. I mean, my only thing is is like people are just creating it in order to get some sort of my thinking is it kind of protects for me like for me, for example, I use it as a way of protection yeah. um, and yeah. other people might be doing it the same thing or they might be using it as a way to just create a persona. Just like I still think of uh, the star Po years years ago, south south park wow episode um where randy you know he goes on to wow and um world of warcraft and i, to, I was and, gonna clarify yeah, it, thank yeah, you yeah, it's <laughs> uh, anyway he goes on to uh, world of warcraft and um, there's a bit where he t- talks about his character as avatar and he makes a big story about him who he is and everything and has basically you know put a lot of uh thought into him and Basically, it's this way of kind of a uh, escaping a a, a re- <laughs> his dull reality of actual life. Essentially, um, maybe I, that's the, that's the other thing I can think of people doing it for. It's a way to create some other persona or avatar uh, for themselves that they can't really necessarily live in their real life. That they have to use in the virtual world. So, but th- that's just my thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say. Um... So some of my thoughts in regards to this are that agreeing with what you're saying on a certain level, Jal that I do think that like on a mass populace level, there is like a slow untwining and realization that like, Oh wait, money's bullshit. Like if you look at the crypto markets, there's like yeah. <laughs> millions and millions of coins of people trying to make their own different kind of currencies. And we, each currency sort of representing like, in a certain way, like a different way of self-governance, basically. Mm. And I think what's kind of happening right now, and this has been happening since, you know, as computers have been getting better, as we've been having all this, you know, uh, more and more intermingling with the internet, we're, we're starting to dip our waters into the first ideas of what it might be like to live in a post-scarcity world. Because online, you can you can kind of start messing around with the idea of post-scarcity. Like, we all we all kind of messed around with it when we were pirating music as kids. Like, hmm. we were getting new the newest hits for free and just sharing it with each other,
0: right? As long as your mom didn't pick up the phone.
1: Yeah. Yes, yes, that's
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, <exactly>. So, like, <laughs> that's our generation... Late at night, late at night. <laughs> uh, our generation, we <laughs> running overnight, that's
0: what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, rainwater. No, we're no. cutting you off. You were trying to get theoretical, and we're poking jokes. Go ahead. No,
1: fifty-six uh, K is real. I mean, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus. Now, now that I'm old enough to understand what fifty-six K means, yeah, we were really living in the Stone Age. <laughs> but go ahead.
1: I want, my uh, my whole point being though is like, as connectivity has gotten better, now that we're like, now that we have connection speeds where you don't really notice the difference as much anymore, yeah. right? Um we are getting into a point where it's kind of just up to the limits of our imagination and human imagination. While it may not be unlimited, it might as well function as unlimited. And so while that's going to, you know, initially take off in the virtual realm on the internet through computer technology and all that other stuff, it's going to seep out into our physical everyday lives. You were talking earlier about like, so what happens when all of our jobs become automated, you know? That is while not necessarily a post scarcity thing, that's like kind of like post scarcity. Like imagine that you and nobody else you knew had to work to grow tomatoes or farm or whatever. You just have food when you need it because we have the machinery to do it. We have all the means of production are there and you don't even you know, you're beyond even having to argue about like capitalism and socialism at that point, you know. And this is Yeah. A little far fetched, but let's just say, you know, we get to a point where um, you know, the cost of producing something is so unbelievably cheap that nobody nobody ever even thinks about having to pay for anything. You can feasibly just use like, you know, Dogecoin at twenty cents to buy, you know, <laughs> A carton full of groceries because it's just all so
0: plentiful. So That's anyway, very real though. Remember when we used to pay have have to pay ten cents a text message? Yeah, like that. that like if I told a kid that nowadays is like every text message you send is ten cents, they would be like, "Wait, how much do I owe?" Like they would like lose their mind. Yeah, like a day they would be paying two hundred dollars, but now. Fuck, it's free. Yeah, like, and that's the thing
1: is, like, free is really taking off for anything that is, like, related to the virtual, right? Like, you can get so many movies for free, so much music for free. You can get, like, the streaming platform that we're using right now. We don't have to pay a fucking dime for any of this. Nope. Uh, I mean, there there are things that we pay for on another level of, like, you know, our information and stuff like that. But that's, I think right now for us, that's virtually seems like a, a more than equivalent exchange. And so, you know, all that's going to change over time. But I do think like right now we are like our generation in particular and the generation after us right now, we, that is what we're thinking through right now is like thinking about what, it is, what would it be like to live in a world where you don't have to worry about your resources because they just they, they're so easy to come by we haven't entered that period yet i'm just saying oh, right now i'm waiting for it matt you know that i'm yeah, yeah. star trek feature <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying like you can't enter into the period until you've actually like troubleshot it and done all the things previous to actually implementing it and i think subconsciously we're implementing the the theoreticals right now we're working through it And we're getting used to the mindset. And because of that, you have all these these other things that pop up, like social capital, because people are still trying to find ways to value stuff, even when value is being driven down so massive, you know, so quickly. Like the value of art in a lot of ways has been driven down because there's so much available. So now you have to kind of pin that value to things outside of just the work it's the name of the person it's their story it's the drama it's their youtube channel it's all this other stuff that Mm. goes alongside of it so that you know like like as they like to call value ads you know it's you package everything together to create a more cohesive whole and so on a certain level it's like it's not necessarily a bad thing because i do want to be able to look at art and then think about it as a whole in connection with the artist. And I want to be able to know the artist as a whole. We just haven't like, I don't think societally we've worked through that yet with this whole, like we've been talking about this whole idea that like an artist is a person and has a life and has a a timeline that they exist in an entire arc. And that's going to require the time for more people to come to that time and maybe drugs for more people to come to that, like (laughs) revelation that like, Oh wait, you know, like, yeah this person did something really bad you know 10 years ago or whatever but they're like a completely different person now they've you know they've clearly worked through what's gone on and their work has changed for it too and they're better for it and blah 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 so anyway uh do y'all have anything that y'all would like to say in regards or even a different on a different venue
0: I think I'm pretty much on the same, same line as you. I just think yeah. that the whole pseudonym thing is more so when, so like you look at the stock market, when something changes, right. Change is yeah. bad. That's a, that's a mantra that gets you, you hear a lot. Yeah. Um. People like to, to safeguard yeah. themselves. So, you know, you like, as the saying goes, you hedge your bets. Um, yeah. So I feel like sometimes pseudonyms are kind of hedging the bets. Like people are trying to safeguard their actual their actual life, yeah. But also, you know, it's a shell, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? It's kind of like it, like you said. Uh, the 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 program we're using right now to record this podcast is free. Using a pseudonym is basically free. I mean, you it can is. copyright it and all that kind of shit, but for the most part, it's free, so it's disposable. So if I do something that's suddenly out of vogue envo- or out of vogue in ten years. All I have to do is delete this name, come up with a different name, throw my face into FaceApp, you know, throw on a wig and, a, you know, some overalls <laughs> or some weird thing. And I can become, you know, Joe Bob Billy. And, you know, I can have a different thing, whatever, and start from scratch. Yeah. Um. So I feel like it, it, that's kind of where the whole pseudonym thing is, because like we talked about, the social stature is suddenly a currency. Um That's important. And I think it does come down to survival. I think everybody does want to feel that security. You know what I mean? Like it protects everything about themselves because even if food and, you know, all that kind of stuff was all automated and we didn't have to worry about it, there are still crazy people who would come and burn down your house, especially if they don't have a nine to five to go to anymore. Like... You know what I mean? It'll be the fucking purge. <laughs> that's that's basically another reason why I think we're fighting with each other is because we don't know what to do with ourselves when there's so much free time to connect yeah. with people. There are, you know, I, I hop, frequently hop on Twitter. My job is very lax, especially for the last year and a half, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> The idea that I'm sometimes I'll pop on Twitter and I'll be like, do these people have fucking jobs? Like, how are you tweeting all day, every day? Like, what the fuck else are you doing with your life? Like, it it, it really is starting to make me wonder, like, you know, what the fuck is everybody doing? Like, <laughs> do we really have to work anymore? Is there anything that we're really doing? Um. But yeah, I think we're kind of we've we've wrung all the water out of this uh, particular sponge. But um, I think it's been a very enlightening discussion. Oh yeah, uh, we've gone in a couple of tangents, but I think overall, I think for artists, I think to kind of sum up everything that we've been talking about, you do have to kind of make a choice as to how you want to be perceived when you go out there, and what especially with what your art is. Um, I don't think that there is cowardice or bravery in either choice you make, whether you use a pseudonym or not. Um, I feel like it's just a personal choice, and that everyone is entitled to. Uh, as ex- as an artist, I would never, I could never fault someone for experimenting with something, and to kind of create a safety net for yourself is human. That's, that's basically what it comes down to. So, you know, if you're using a pseudonym to protect yourself and, you know, the people you care about, just like fucking Batman, um, <laughs> that's, you know, that's within your rights. And I think you're wise to do that. But at the same time, if you're using a pseudonym to create a false persona so that you can just manipulate other people or take advantage of the situation or whatever like that, like sure. that's the time when I think, you know, I don't even think that's worthwhile because in this day and age, anyone with the internet can pretty much find out who you are in the long run. And especially if you look back at history at people who use pen names, you can look up the pen name and then there's a fucking Wikipedia page about who it really was. uh, And you know, you're going to get outed at some point or another. There's really no hiding it. Um, So I wouldn't advise that, but it's, it's your fucking decision. But uh, again, for artists like myself, I use the name, just simply out a branding. I think it's a fun way to kind of create my own persona uh, for, for my filmmaking and then, you know, kind of shield my personal beliefs from my art to separate it so that that way me as the artist doesn't influence the audience. I let the art influence the audience or at least let the audience have that open interpretation of it. Um, so I think those are just the things to consider. And I think, there is no which way to point for yep. us to point anybody to go at the end of this episode. I think it really comes down to the decision of the artist, and the, again, it's not a right or wrong decision. It's yep. just like today I well, want apples or today I want oranges.
1: Well, I'll I'll add one last thing, which is uh, in high school I was in a band called goth conglomerate. And so in that um, band, <laughs> excuse me <while> Google, <laughs> um, in that band, we all used monikers. We all used uh, pseudonyms and it created a really interesting effect where, because none of our names were associated with the work, we were basically all anonymous. We just said and did whatever the fuck we wanted. And it was like, it's terrible music, but It was extremely fun to make because there was this liberating aspect of like, I don't have to think or worry about like, you know, how people are going to react to seeing my name next to this work because they're not going to know who I am. They don't know, they don't, they don't know anything about me as a person. They can't make any of those identifications or any of those like, um, whatever. Like, I, and I can see why that's probably very liberating for an artist like
0: Banksy who. Thrives off
1: of his anonymity, right? I
0: can't believe we just now mentioned him, but
1: like, and he does like a lot of really like oftentimes really funny, sometimes thought provoking. It's all over the, it's across the gamut. But I think for him, you know, I would imagine for him, he's able to do that, that breath of work because nobody knows who the fuck he is. And so yeah. he doesn't have to identify with any particular train of thought. He doesn't have to identify with any particular style. He can just make stuff.
0: He can. Yeah. He's a leader in essence because of it. He's, you know what I mean? That that mystique. Yeah. Allows him to operate however he wishes.
1: So I I, I would say just before we end this podcast, like there is a benefit to it. Uh, if you know how to use it correctly, you know, and like, they're like Daft Punk, another example of like, you don't know anything about the two people in the, in that group. For all I know, they're the same people as the two guys in justice. They might be, they might not, who knows? But, uh, that mystique, you know, for them <laughs> lends a huge amount of the allure of Daft Punk. Um, you know, maybe they are really robots, who knows? So <laughs> anyway, um. They're not they're not together anymore so as, as we know oh, that's right I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the last final thing I was gonna say if you adopt a pseudonym just prepare for also adopting like um, your life as a form of creativity like you're now mm. you're now using your entire person personality your entire identity as like a clay to
0: mold on top of that.
2: Oh man. Okay. That. Oh, Agneth.
0: Okay. Thanks, Matt. At one at one twenty <laughs> into the podcast, I am gonna cut you off on there because we could go on about creating. That's actually a topic in our in our uh, Google Doc Rainwater about using like social media as an art. Yeah. Um, like creating and uh, like a, a yourself as an artist. Yeah. Is a, a form of creation, but. To be honest with you, as someone who kind of does that a little bit, not really. Uh, I mean, it's mostly me. Um, It's exhausting. (laughs) 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 Not just coming up with shit, but keeping it all straight and figuring out, you know, what did I say about Rob Zombie's Halloween? Like, I I (laughs) don't remember if I loved it or hate it. Which way do I got to go? But yeah, but thank you, Soko, for joining us. Um, It was a great... uh, episode to have you back yeah, on thank you so welcome back biden not biden <laughs> biden is uh available where it's on soundcloud
1: Everywhere. so soundcloud.com
2: slash SoundCloud. wbb you can get an apple podcast as well too that's right yeah, you can get it there as well, too. Though we still need to figure out the kinks on searching for it still. But, yes, you can get it there, too. <laughs>
0: uh, and you can check out that podcast anytime. Does it have a specific day that it drops on? Usually on Mondays. Usually Mondays, Mondays. yeah. Usually yeah. And that is Soko and our wonderful co-host, Mr. Rainwater. So, basically, if you hate me and you like Soko's appearance... And you just want to remove me from your podcast listening altogether. Welcome back. My Bideman is the podcast for you. If you like,
1: if you like hearing people talk about Dogecoin. It's, I it's- do. I, especially
0: right now. We're back up to 35 cents, baby. Oh, yeah. Good night. And, and by the time this actually drops, it'll be back to like 16, but whatever. Um, so again, Soko, thank you so much for coming on. Rainwater, thank you as always for being my awesome co host. Uh, we will see everybody next week. Take it easy. Later. Bye.